Drop off the kids or put them to bed. Turn on Childish with real life friends and podcasting virtuosos Greg Fitzsimmons and Allison Rosen. Laugh about the struggles and joys of parenthood. Grow closer to your children. Learn something useful or not. Maybe feel less alone. And maybe even put the spark back into your love life. Childish is for people who are parents or had parents. If you had no parents, maybe check out WTF with Mark Marin. Subscribe to Childish. New episodes coming soon wherever you listen to podcasts. Childish, oh shit. Last time I checked, I was still a kid. Childish, childish. This all freaks me out a bit. Childish, oh shit. How can I pet when I'm still a kid? Allison Rosen. Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison Hey everyone, hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here with actress, writer, stunningly beautiful person comedian ginger gonzaga um she was in showtime's kidding which was one of my favorite shows of and tell me was it last year or was it this year uh it was or was it it last year into this year yeah last year into this year we premiered in november yeah Yeah. i loved that show you played vivian a cancer patient um (laughs) such a like well done emotion moving layered performance you've also been in a million other things like showtime's i'm dying up here you were in alone together esther pavitsky show which is how i met you uh legit you were you've been on hbo shows like togetherness and room 104 and i just found out from reading your website gingergonzaga.com is that where it is is. (laughs) (laughs) um that you i didn't realize that you did stand up but you had done a u.s was it a uso tour it was like a faction of uso so it's shorter with nikki glazer yeah. and april macy yeah um yeah i don't do stand-up anymore every once in a while if i have time i'll get up which is like once a year or something now but um but yeah i did it when i first moved here yeah, yeah. so um so i've been aware of you for a while now and i just wanted to have you on because i don't know that much about your whole career path and i mean i know a little bit about your background but <laughs> but fill me in where are you from i'm from modesto california so the central valley um and i got out <laughs> <laughs> they hate whenever i say that on these things but it's like I, you have to <laughs> how was it growing up there um you know it's really conservative and religious and um uh there's just not a lot. It's funny. I, my, I have a friend that was on a show with me. And she's like, I don't understand how you do comedy. Cause I don't, cause I always make a joke that the only movie I've ever seen is sister acts one and two. Like anytime <laughs> anyone ref, like references like the Godfather, I'm like, I've only seen sister acts one and two. That's all we had. Um, she's like, I don't understand how you do comedy. If you haven't seen like, you know, what is all the good stuff? Like Monty Python and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, but I grew up in Modesto. It's just weird. And you have to entertain yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's the country. How long were you there? Um, until I was 18. Okay. Yeah. And so what was your childhood like? And what's your family like? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm uh, mostly half Filipino and half Dutch. So it was really mixed, you know, and I have a really, um, a lot of my Filipino family members lived in uh, Modesto. 
And so that was cool. You know, just being biracial in a very Caucasian town was neat. Um, what was it like? I mean, how did they treat you? Um, well, my town's pretty racist. It's kind of like Bakersfield. So Modesto's very similar to Bakersfield. Um, and then on top of it, like, you know, it, there weren't many mixed people, but then most people would think I would, I was Mexican and people and a lot of people in Northern California are very racist against Mexicans. So I would like receive kind of that. But, um, yeah, it was just, it was, um, uh, yeah, it was just, I was always, you know, very different, I think. And it wasn't until, even I went, I went to Berkeley for a little bit and then I went to Santa Bar- UC Santa Barbara and that was a really Caucasian school. I feel like even for myself, I didn't have a black person in a class with me until my sophomore year of college. Wow. Which is insane. Mm-hmm. And I remember like sitting and like looking at him and being like, whoa, <laughs> this is, I can't believe this is so foreign yeah. to me, you know? Um. But yeah, so I don't know, but I mean, I it uh I'm so thankful for it. I feel like it, you know, adds so many different layers and stuff that I think eventually later in life contributes to performances in an mm-hmm. interesting way or just empathy and understanding, you know, different cultures. Do you have siblings? Mhm. Um I have an older brother uh and a younger brother. Yeah. Did that help you dealing with the racism in the town? Um uh, no, I don't know. My parents kind of raised us in a weird way. Like we were like raised to not kind of like love each other, not not like be a family, just to like have these roommates that were like my brothers that we were <laughs> <laughs> always in competition against, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, so it wasn't like we were a team or anything. Right. Um, and I went to high school with them. Um, but we weren't like, yeah, I mean, they're... They're lovely, interesting people, but they, for it, in my experience, they were like roommates that I had for 18 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so what, um, when did you realize you wanted to perform? Um, I, I performed like, you know, as a kid, I, I would do characters. I wanted to be on SNL very much. And, but even at like seven, I would like perform. Um, I would just like dress up as my Filipino grandma and knock on people's doors and just start performing as a thing. Or my friend and I would wear like, uh, would get refrigerator boxes from the grocery store and turn them into characters and like knock on people's doors and like do a whole show. <laughs> like it's like forced audience. But, um, but yeah, it's like always something I wanted to do, but it's just like not something that's like an option, you mm-hmm. know, or that people are doing in Modesto. And I, <laughs> it's funny, my ex boyfriend, I have an ex that, uh, he went to school in New Jersey, which is like, you know, it's like such a great place to go to public schools and they have like arts programs. And there's always this like running joke where he, like the comparison of his upbringing. So my, my ex-boyfriend went to this, you know, same high school as like Leah Michelle and all these people. And one day he was complaining about his, um, his drama program. He's like, Ugh, don't you hate when you, when you're in like, when you were in drama and you had to wear those like, um, forehead mics or whatever and i had never even heard of those i was like i'm sorry what did you just say he's like yeah you know they like try to make them skin colored but they're not really that good and i was like first of all i've never even heard of a forehead mic second of all we didn't have a drama department because we had one for one year and then the teacher like had sex with a student and then drama didn't exist anymore so it's like that was like modesto's arts education it just like didn't exist um why did your what how did your family end up in Modesto? Um, my mom grew up there pretty much. And then my dad, it's so funny because so much of my Filipino family is in Modesto too. And my dad's an immigrant. But um, I think my dad started working there because my dad was an accountant for like um, 
for a lot of agricultural type hmm. places. And, you know, we, uh, Modesto makes like two thirds of the world's almonds and all this stuff. So I think he was there because of that. Uh, gotcha. the agriculture. And is yeah. your dad Filipino and your mom is Dutch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Usually it's the other way around. <laughs> she was an ESL teacher. So I joke that she was very convenient. <laughs> okay. So you, yeah. So, so you wanted to perform at a young age, but you didn't have any sort of formal performing education. Yeah, and no, yeah, not at all. But I did do um uh I was I I did do speech and debate in high school and we had this like really magical, you know, diamond in the rough speech and debate program. Our coach was number one in the nation. It was like this really remarkable program. And in in the program you could like debate and you could do spontaneous speaking. So I did all of that and spontaneous speaking, which, you know, made me very comfortable with improv later. But also there were um you could do this uh, competition called – you could do Dramatic Interp or Humorous Interp where you do an entire play by yourself. So oh, I wow. would do – yeah. So I would do like Humorous Interp and like the better you were, the the more you would like pick a script with like 12 characters. So you would do like all the 12 characters in like 12 minutes. You do like an abbreviated version of the play. So it was like a self-taught way of, you know, <laughs> doing all these characters mm-hmm. and, and – uh, and performing and getting laughs and stuff. So I, I competed in that. And then you went to Berkeley for a little while and then UC Santa Barbara. Were you, and I know, remind me what your degrees are in. Uh, so poli sci and then a minor in Chinese. Yeah. And I went to Berkeley in, I did like a year of college at Berkeley in the, the summers of high school. Oh, so wow. you could go and do like Berkeley summer school uh, as a high school student. But the cool thing about Berkeley is they're on the semester program. So if you took classes there, you were burning out so much in a summer. Mm-hmm. You're doing a whole semester. Right. So I would do a semester and then I went another year and I did another semester. Were you intending to go into something other than performing at that point? Yeah. I think that, you know, from speech and debate, I did a lot of like international relations, um, spontaneous speaking. That was, there's one uh, thing that I competed in and I, lo- I wanted to like work for the UN or something or work for the Hague and, I guess that would have been like international law. So, and then weirdly, like, because I had already taken so many poly class, poli sci classes at Berkeley, then I was like, once I got to Santa Barbara, I'm like, I'm not going to start over and find myself and see what I really want to do. I've already taken all these classes. So I just kind of, you know, did more of doubled down on the incorrect path. <laughs> yeah. well, so when did realizing that you wanted to, to do what you do now happen? So and how? I still really wanted to be on SNL and I didn't like my, I was really unhappy in college, but it's also like Santa Barbara is just like not my vibe. It's not a city. It's like whatever. And I think it's a good, good school, but it's just not my, wasn't my energy. I didn't really like what I was studying. And, um, I went, I went to a groundling show and Melissa McCarthy was amazing. And I went with like friends and they were like, what is she doing to herself? She's making herself look so ugly. And I was just like, this is the best. Like, <laughs> was that in LA? Yeah. Like what, you know, basically the character she did in Bridesmaids before uh-huh. anyone had, you know, before it was that massive. And, um, and so then I auditioned for the groundlings, not really knowing anything. Like everyone who was auditioning was like trying to be an actor. I just like took the bus from Santa Barbara one day <laughs> and was like, I didn't know what the audition was. I was just like, making everything up obviously is improv but really not knowing what the hell Mm -hmm. and then um and then uh you know they called me and they wanted me to start taking classes but i was still in college so i graduated early so that i could go to um start doing the groundlings yeah i think i was lying to myself like i'll take a year off before law school 
see how this shakes out. <laughs> but and then it. were you commuting from Santa Barbara to LA? No. So I just, I, I graduated and then I moved to LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're going to Groundlings. What did your family yeah. think of that decision? Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, my dad's very like traditional, like Asian dad, you know, so he's like, what? What is a groundling? (laughs) 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 There's law school and doctor. That's all that exists in the world. And I'm like, ha you're an accountant. Um, (laughs) So there's more. But, um, you know, they've always just thought I was some weird, uh, troubled child black sheep. So I don't think they were that surprised. Um, but, uh. But yeah. <laughs> so then you went to Groundlings. Yeah. T- took classes there. Then mm-hmm. what? Um, then I was still kind of lying to myself. Like I like I only wanted to be a writer. For some reason I thought like, oh, that's the smarter thing. Like you're smart if you're a writer. Uh, <laughs> you're not doing this vain acting thing mm-hmm. or whatever. But I started getting like commercial auditions. I started booking commercials and making money on, on commercials. And, um, and then, yeah. And then eventually resigning to the fact that that acting was something that I was pursuing. I don't know. It, well, I was even, I was doing stand-up. So like, even like the Groundlings has a wait list before you get to the writer's lab. Mm-hmm. And the wait list is, you know, six months to three years. <laughs> so that's when I started doing stand-up because I'm like, well, what do I do now, you know? And so I was doing that hustle for a long time. And it's so funny, like that, like even if I like go and like sneak in and do a show now, what, like 10 years later, I'm like shocked at how, I mean, Louis C.K. still did his thing, but like, I am shocked at how much more supportive supportive it is of women because it was so broy. Mm-hmm. Like, and I I would do like the Saturday nights at the Improv, and I would be the only girl, and it was just like understood. I'm the only girl, and but even then, like, I was so I felt so privileged to have that spot, but I still had to deal with all like the grossness, and it's funny like dabbling with it when I have free time and I go back in, I still have that like fear that it's going to be this like gross thing and it's not like everyone's like so much cooler now mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not up against that like totally misogynistic beast which was the stand-up world for so long right yeah. and you on on the post that i read about you uh doing the show with yeah. Mickey laser you talked about that was the first time that you had heard about, about Louie. yeah what did, yeah what, what did you hear or witness so we were all just uh it was like a group of like six women doing a stand-up tour and i don't know if April Macy told us about it. Somebody was like, oh, by the way, like, be careful if you do Montreal. Don't do this, like, festival. Like, uh, you know, Louis C.K., like, traps girls in rooms and he'll masturbate in front of you and blah, blah, blah. And so that's like, it was probably like now 11 years ago. So at the time, it just felt like a rumor that could be true. Mm -hmm. But everyone had, like, a person that they had heard that that had happened to and and then five years later, it was finally in the news for the first time. And I was like, wow. So that was all true because we're just now here, you know. And obviously it was. And Louis is like so unapologetic for it. But it's like, God, man, that apology was the most like narcissistic. <laughs> like <laughs> that, that apology is crazy. A non-apology. Yeah, apology. I don't. I feel like it's not even an apology. It's like yeah, was the so, word sorry ever in it? So ego, yeah. <laughs> maniacal. I don't know. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, man. How have your experiences in the acting world been? Um, awesome. I, you know, it's, uh, it's always. I was explaining to a friend, like, you know, it's different when you're ethnic. 
it's, you know, I feel like they're hiring more ethnic people now. That's always been like a thing. You know, there's less jobs Then I would be proud that I got them when they existed, you know. Um, but um, and I'm and I'm happy that, uh, you know, people are actively trying to hire um, more ethnic people now, which is cool. Um, but I mean, yeah, acting is you know, you don't have that much control. So you're just like auditioning and then see what happens or whatever. But I've been really particular with what I take and I pass on a lot because um, I want to do what I like. And what I like is usually uh, fancy cable that doesn't pay me a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of stuff do you pass on? Um, I've passed on, you know, uh, like a lot of like CBS multicams, you know. I just, unless I really, really... Uh, unless I can find a balance where that doesn't eat my soul, then mm. then I can do it. You know, that doesn't feel very creative, fulfilling, creatively fulfilling to me. I can do it, and it requires a lot of energy, and I get that I can do that whole song and dance, and I think I can do it really well, but it just it feels so unnatural that in order for me, like with the way I work, like if I'm going to do a CBS multicam, I also have to be doing like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie at the same time. Mm. So that not that I've ever done one, but you know what I mean? So that my soul for my soul, I don't know. Like I have to just like, I'm I'm always okay to do certain types of more commercial or things that um, don't feed me as much artistically, as long as I have that on the other side. Yeah. I'm always really impressed with people who can strike that balance and who stay yeah. true to themselves enough to pass on <laughs> high paying gigs because I feel like this industry can breed a level of desperation. Yeah. I mean, I don't, <laughs> my team is never happy with it, but I'm aware of how unhappy I am if I'm doing that. Like my, I, you know, and I, and hopefully there's, you know, I have had jobs that have been really creatively fulfilling that do pay me a lot of money, but I just, it's like, it doesn't make up for how gross I feel. Did, have you always had this attitude or was there a period of time where you didn't say no to stuff? No, I've, I've always had that attitude. I mean, earlier on when I was starting, I knew I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I was passing on like 22 episodes of an already picked up Nick at Night multicam that would have been like, you know, million when I didn't even have a career. But I was just like, I can't do that. I can't do be on this. And I still need someone (laughs) because I know it's so dumb. I sound like an idiot and I am, but, 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 you know, but that also paves the way that you're seen. So if I had done, if I had gotten into the naked night bubble or like path, you know, you're, when you sign contracts, they're also very scary. They're for seven years. So, and if it's an hour long show, that's nine months out of your year. So you're, you exist in that world. And then it's almost like less now because everything's so diversified. There's so many networks and people are letting actors do so much. But in the, but when I started, you were on a show and that's what you were. And that was your brand. So good luck breaking out of that. Mm -hmm. Like good luck being a uh, Nick at night actress. That's going to do you know, a Tim Burton movie. It's just not right. going to happen. What do you, th- ha- if you had taken that path, how yeah. do you, where do you think you would have ended up? Like who's someone in that world? Like Amanda Bynes or like, um, yeah, I think you can keep chasing. Duffs. Yeah. I think you, yeah, I definitely could have done that for sure. Um, but I didn't want to. And there's, and there's nothing against it. A lot of people are so happy doing that. And I think that's great. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's a trap if you don't want to do it. And then getting out of it is just, is, it's just so hard to be seen the way you want to be seen. So if you can prevent against it, in my opinion, it's worth it, mm-hmm. you know? 
and have have your agents, managers, et cetera, try to talk you out of these decisions? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can even think about like early on, I, I passed on another like Warner Brothers thing. But like this this show that I passed on from Warner Brothers early on that would have been like a big deal, you know, a big series regular for me. It was crazy. I was I was literally I also have like too many principles. So I was playing <laughs> like uh I was like twenty four. For some reason I had a ten year old kid. I'm like, now this is just madness. Now you're <laughs> just casting someone who looks really young and I have a ten year old kid. And I was like the dumb wife who like didn't have a job and was just funny because she was like giggly and cute. And I'm I just don't want to spread that message. Mm-hmm. You know? I just like this isn't getting us anywhere. And maybe it's not my job to uh tell the world that, but I just felt like like no i can't you know how so you said that it's if you can make decisions that'll help you to be seen the way you want to be seen you should do that yeah if you were to put into words how you want to be seen i want us to be seen as someone who can play everything and who never plays the same thing and that's my goal i i just want to you know there's certain actors who do really play almost everything um but you can only do that if you keep switching up roles and, and you know, you know, I don't know. Like, it, you, it's also really easy to keep playing. Like, uh, my first series for ABC, I was like, you know, this, like, high-powered attorney ballbuster. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to get called in for all that stuff. And I can do it. It's going to get boring after a while. What series was that? For Mixology. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I'm very thankful for and which was fun. But, like, but, like... And you can, I can continue to play that on TV on lots of series, but it's like then, you, then your brain gets tired. You're not even like using. Do you get bored quickly? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just want to keep exploring and seeking, and like you know, every role is like a chance to like learn learn about something. It's like another education. Like I'm kidding. Like I'm playing a cancer patient. I've never had cancer, but you're inherently going to start googling about all this stuff and and seeing kind of what that experience is like and using your empathy in that way and trying to respect people who do have cancer because like well, you know it's not like they're going to hire someone who's sick. But I mm-hmm. want to like honor those people and and you know and every role like can be a chance to just learn more about the world, which is like, if it's diverse, you know, if you keep like finding all these new things. Yeah. Can you say whether we will see your character on kidding again? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I wish. Um, I like it, but I'm also, I also sold a project. So I, Oh, what's that? I can't say what it is, but I did sell (laughs) my own show. Oh, congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. So hopefully that'll be happening and I'll be distracted with that. So has that not been in deadline yet or anything? No, I don't know why. I feel like it could be, but uh, it hasn't yet. So maybe it's not allowed to be. Mm -hmm. So, but that's the other thing is like, so I've passed on all these things, but I have also had the goal that I want my own show, you know? So it's kind of like you gamble, 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 but... Right now it's working, you know, and that way it's like the ultimate way. It's like, oh, I'm definitely going to be seen the way that I want to see or play the character that I want to play because I'm in charge. Right. You know, it just takes and yeah, it's just a different. Are wow, you more difficult writing, producing? Like, what, what are your, What's your role on the new show? Yeah. So I would just do everything for that show. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's really it's really fun. <laughs> can you say whether can you say what if it's a comedy or a drama or like the it's, format? It's a, yeah, a half hour comedy, but it'll have like, you know, some more emotional moments, yeah. more of a comedy than kidding. Kidding's a half hour, but it's like, is that a comedy? 
I was crying throughout that entire thing. <laughs> Me too. But there were moments that then, were really like darkly funny too. Yeah. Have you, Tony, guest producer Tony Thaxton, are you familiar with Kidding on a I'm, on Showtime? I am familiar and I want to see it, but I have not seen it yet. I don't have Showtime. It's really good. That's what I heard and I do want to see it. Yeah. I think it's on, I really think it's different. Like on Hulu too. Oh, yeah, is it? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, so you recently went public with your <laughs> relationship with Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah. Now I emailed you because I, like I said, I loved kidding. I'm and so I think happy. you were one of my favorite parts oh of the show. Goodness. I emailed you and was just like, I just want to say I'm loving kidding. Yeah, You're so yeah. good on it. And you wrote back and you said something like, it's a really special project to you. <laughs> yeah. Were you already going out with him? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. How did you guys meet? Um, uh, I met Jim when I was, um, briefly because i was on i'm dying up here and he produced it so i'd met him a couple times at those things he obviously you know had seen the show or whatever but i didn't work with him until um till kidding so i didn't he's like he didn't become a friend until mm-hmm. i was on uh, kidding yeah did he was it like he remembered you from that show and then you were called in for this or was that just chance? no so yeah that was just chance like I was supposed to do the full second season of Kidding, but I couldn't because I was on an NBC show. And so I told the creator, I was like, I'm so mad. Because the creator used to write on on I'm Dying Up Here. So I was just venting to him one day. I'm like, I can't believe I can't do the second season of I'm Dying Up Here. And that's the first he knew that I wasn't doing it because he knew oh. that I was supposed to do it. And he was like, wait, that means you might be available for my show. So then I auditioned and then Michelle chose me and Dave. So it just happened. I mean, I guess Jim would have remembered that it was me, but like not really. Like, you know, I don't think that was like, <laughs> he was like thinking about that. I look very different and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, no, they didn't like, it was the creator that I had worked with who called me in. Yeah. So you guys on the show have a romance. Yeah. Um, w- so you like re re met him or met him again yeah. on the show and mm-hmm. then, then talk me through it if you don't <laughs> mind. <laughs> um, I don't want to say too much, but yeah, so we were together on the show and, um, and the show is magical in every regard. It's, I think, I love the writing. And our um, our characters have this, like, really odd, like, beautiful romance, you know? And, um, and Jim was wonderful to work with, and he became a really good friend. But it was just kind of like, we were just kind of really good friends on the show. And more so just really good scene partners and kind of there for each other. But we didn't like start dating until after that. And then it was like so weird because it's like our characters had been in love on the show, but we were new as far as a Ginger and Jim relationship Mm -hmm. went afterwards. So it was just like interesting to like be like, oh, I'm not my character. You're not your character. Right. You know, Um yeah, right, because you guys had had that intimacy together as yeah. these other two people. Yeah. It's just so funny, you know, and, and it's like weird, you know, it's like those kind of jobs, you know, like you're naked together on the second day of working together and it's all these. But really on the show, it was just uh, we weren't like romantic on the show. It was just like uh, an easy, easy, uh, trusting um, uh working relationship where you know really easy to be because he's such a good actor too but also our scenes are very vulnerable so it was nice and we and we had such beautiful beautiful scenes yeah the scene of you with the puppets around you oh like God. just thinking about it makes me want to cry i die i know it, i i read that on the page and i would cry and then i would send it to a friend and just from those pages like anytime i read those pages i would cry and um and just that whole day was 
so beautiful. And the the one shot that I wish that was on there was like uh, it's, it doesn't exist, but but I'm sitting in a chair and the puppeteers are singing to me. And puppeteers are these like wonderful human beings. <laughs> like I think you're going to be great if like your goal is like to work for Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like collects these really nice people. And they would um in the scene I'm crying and they're all like coming at me and I can see like normally you don't see puppeteers' faces. It's a very selfless job. And in the scene I can see the puppeteers and like essentially as the characters there on their day off trying to save this woman who wants to die. And it's just like, it slayed me every time because they're so beautiful as the characters and, and the real puppeteers are just, they're such beautiful people. And it would kill me every time I saw their faces. I just wish there was a shot where you could see yeah. what I saw in that scene because they're just lovely. I just want to tell the audience a little bit about that scene um, without giving away I don't think it'll give very much away, yeah. though, but just because they're probably like, what are you talking, are you talking about? about? I don't get why puppets <laughs> around yeah. you in the chair is emotional. <laughs> so your character has cancer, expects yeah. she's going to die, and yeah. is sort of like, accept it, resigned yeah, to the not fact that she's going to die. Yeah, more chemo. And, yeah. yeah. And um, Jim's character, I think, like, wants you to say, you know, if you could, if you if you could continue living, what are uh, your dreams? It's so poetic. And you don't really yeah. want to, you don't really want to go down that road. Yeah. Um, but then I like the scene is like him via puppets kind of showing you what could be, yeah. what could have been yeah, or what could be. So and, oh my God. And he, I know he's like, what would, with, well, so he gives me this book called the great book of Vivian and the pages your character are blank. Is Vivian. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. And so like you're, and I stole it from said, I have the great book. of Vivian. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's like what he's trying to, he's doing it as like what he would do on his show, but it's for me and just me. And it's like, what, you know, what would your story be like if it continued? Mm-hmm. Like entertain that thought and the right. puppets all give ideas and they're silly. And then I have to like, then he asks me to actually kind of fill in the blanks. And it's like, Oh, kills me. It's so beautiful. <laughs> I know. I love it. Um, what made you guys decide to go public with your relationship? Um, well, it had been a while and we were going to go to the Golden Globes anyway. So you kind of just got to be like, what am I going to do? Like our show's nominated. I'm not going to be there. Like not, it, it's nice. It's funny. It's like it's such a weird, um, such a weird thing to like have an element of your relationship be that you kind of out yourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is very freeing. And um, yeah, it's just like, yeah, yeah. And I think it's like, I, I don't know. I, well, you know, you want to be comfortable in your relationship enough to be, you know, open about it. And then, but yeah, it was just like, I don't know. It was just a good time. Did you we feel were like, like were you actively being secretive before? Uh, Yeah. I mean, we don't like, we weren't like, yeah, we weren't doing like events together or anything. Yeah. And we weren't, it's not like. Um, you know, we, we go out into the world, you know, (laughs) but, um, not making a goal of, um, you know, it's also like, you know, uh, right after that happened, you know, like the National Enquirer tried to write ugly stuff, you know, it's, it's it's like, it happens quickly, you know, know and yeah, they squashed it because there was nothing, they were making stuff up, but it's like, I didn't even think about that. I was like, oh, I forgot people are going to like write things. Like that's the thing. People are going to. Yeah you know, take the bait or something. Well, so, it was interesting yeah. the way it was like suddenly everywhere. Like it was in people. It was in like suddenly there was like pictures of you guys everywhere. Yeah. I, did, I didn't even like think that that would be a thing. I was right. Like, oh, yeah. Thank God. I guess that's why people are always like doing their hair and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Um, yeah, but yeah. One more I'm question about this, and then we move on. Yeah. Um, what's he like, like off camera? Um, Jim's the best as an actor. He's like. God, he's so professional and hardworking. And I think, you know, he's so talented and brilliant. I think people are just like, oh, he just like steps in. But like, he's always working, especially on that show. He's producing. He's looking at edits. He's um, he's everything. Yeah, he's just like the hardest working person. Um, and I don't know, as a person, he's just like, you know, silly and super empathetic and goofy and... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He's just, like such a dork. He's a really mm-hmm. nice, honest. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you'd like me saying that. He's cool. He's obviously very, very cool. You don't think he'd like <laughs> you saying he's really nice and honest? <laughs> he is. <laughs> Above all things, he is so kind and so honest and uh, very woke, and uh, which I love. And just, uh, yeah, super interesting. Can't get bored. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Now I have to ask super intense questions about gal chat items could yes. you play the gal oh chat my God, drop I'm so bad. Gal chat. okay your nails are beautiful oh, thank you is this a gel manicure is this a regular manicure what's going on here just got them done an hour ago this is a non-toxic gel manicure that from base coat and there's one on fairfax and there's one in downtown in la and like you know non-toxic nail products are called like 10 free or 8 free Mm -hmm. these are 12 free so it's free of the 12 most toxic chemicals but also like i do this every three weeks and because of that my nails have not broken in like i don't know a year it just doesn't happen they're always this length gotta take a picture of your nails for patreon (laughs) guys patreon.com slash allison rosen (laughs) is where you can go to see Ginger's perfect nails. <laughs> Thank and you. also, your teeth are perfect. Oh, I feel like I have food in them. This whole no, time I've you been don't. like, should I have? Did you have braces? I had braces for a year, yeah. Okay. Do you whiten them? I don't whiten them. Really? I use really boring Tom's fluoride-free toothpaste. <laughs> and lastly, your yeah. eyebrows are perfect. Oh, What's your nice. eyebrow regimen? Uh, hair, skin, and nail vitamins. Thyroid medication. <laughs> I take that too, yeah, but it has not helped your, my eyebrows. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, if you, I, I know it like helps like your hair grow back or whatever. If if it was taking it away, um, and uh, I don't know, I take so many vitamins. I look like I look like I have a problem. It's like <laughs> a half a cup a day or something. Every time I Google something, I'm like, oh, I guess I need that. Um, do you watch Vanderpump Rules at all? No. Oh no, I want to see it. Uh, in an early season, Jax is taking too many supplements, so <laughs> yes. they like throw them down the sink. Oh, so that could be you. <laughs> they could do an intervention. <laughs> but do you do like threading or waxing or tweezing or anything like that? I uh, I just kind of tweeze them myself. Yeah, not that I really ever know what I'm doing. And like sometimes I use those little tiny shavers instead of uh, tweezing. Oh, really? Yeah. I think me. that's probably ghetto. <laughs> well, but it looks really good. <laughs> All right. Now, let's take some questions that listeners sent in on Patreon. As I mentioned, I'm on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Patreon. That, oh, you've heard it. <laughs> is that? Or, is oh, that no, you haven't. Okay, yeah. No. We have a drop um, of, is it me? Someone, of someone going patreon and oh, my really? yeah it just calls for it and uh jeff who so tony is the guest producer fill-in oh. producer mm-hmm. okay and jeff always plays that so yeah. you did you like <laughs> nailed it it, it sounds patreon. exactly like that that is <laughs> crazy so 
Uh, okay. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Patreon bonus episodes, behind the scenes content, live streams, so much. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. And also people can send in their questions uh, for my guests there. We have a little jingle. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. All right. Whitney C. says, I loved the gal chat episode. Oh, yeah. We should explain. So right when I first went on my own doing the podcast out of my house, I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to scale up to five episodes a week. And, so I'm gonna, <laughs> <laughs> and one of them was going to, cause I always had the segment gal chat yeah, and yeah, one of yeah. them was going to be oh, that's right. a weekly episode. The, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. called gal chat and it was you, Esther, Jenna, Kim <laughs> Jones and me. And I did it and it sort of served as like a pilot episode. And then I realized, wait a minute, two episodes a week is good yeah <laughs> like, like i don't imagine? think i need because i had just come off of a five day a week yeah, yeah. show um but i realized like i don't need to do this many because <laughs> i think actually i think i was then daniel and i were doing one on saturdays so already there were three and i was like going nuts and then i'm like i'm gonna hold off I'm, I, like, I, I bit off more than I could chew. So I'm going to hold many. off. Yeah. So that remained this like lost episode but then i i um i uploaded it on patreon so yeah, the patreon yeah. subscribers have heard it so yeah. that's why okay so if you're comfortable answering this yes what's oh, okay what's her period like parentheses i'm on a quest to normalize women talking about women's issues in spaces where men are listening um Rhea butchers and roxanne gay's recent this is in reference to Rhea butchers and roxanne gay's recent period tweets oh that's a great uh, goal. Um, it is. It's a wonderful goal. Um, uh, what are my periods like? My periods are totally sporadic. Um, they're normalized more now that I'm healthy, but I had eating disorders for a million thousand oh, years. What ones? So they never... Uh, all of them. Okay. If there's, if there's 90 of them, I had 97. Um, but I... Yeah. And so I, I kind of like get them a little more regularly now and they're like super light. I'm a very like, you know, I don't have hips and I feel like girls who don't have hips are just like, <laughs> it's like we're not really meant to birth that many children <laughs> and we don't really have heavy periods. Um, but I, I do get, can I swear? I yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I do get batshit crazy beforehand. I'm that's happening right now. I crave coffee. Then I have a coffee. I'm an insane person. <laughs> Jim, got, I had coffee for the first time the other day because I was PMSing and my body was craving it. Probably magnesium ladies. Um, <laughs> and I had someone I went crazy and Jim just had to like acknowledge that I was crazy for a day. And I was like, I'm just letting you know I'm going mad. And he like walked around the house to check on me and he caught me like, like I had a water bottle and like for some reason I just like threw it into the garbage from really far away. And he's like, hey. And I was like, how did he like happen to walk in as I'm like by myself going, ah, like throwing this water bottle. Um, but I'm glad that he knows what he's signing up for. <laughs> Do you always, when you get like crazy PMS mood swings, yeah. are you aware that it is PMS? Yes, now, especially because they're more, uh, I literally have more of a normal period now. So, and it's basically like, oh no, my boobs are hurting. Mm -hmm. Time to get crazy. <laughs> and, and it's like, oh, some of it is like having caffeine when I don't normally have it. Obviously, I'm having way more chocolate. So I'm like amped up. 
But um, yeah, yeah. I'm just more aware of it. But I'm I'm a nuts person. Yeah. <laughs> it's never mean, but I'm aware that I'm crazy. Right? Does yeah. do the mood swings continue during the period? No, they kind of. It's always just like right before, and then I'll have my period, and it'll it'll be chill. But it's also like a lot of like triggering anxiety, I think, for me in particular. So I'll be like, I'm craving all this chocolate. And then because I have an eating disorder history, I'm like, am I allowed to have chocolate? You know (laughs) what I mean? It's like and then I start going crazy and like my brain goes in a million circles, like wondering what's the right thing to do. But it's just hormones are kooky. Yeah. Did you um, do you consider yourself recovered from the eating disorders? Yeah, I don't think you're I I think that's a it's a very negative stance to subscribe to the fact that it's a lifelong disease, which I had always kind of like heard like when I was like 11. But I think you just go through waves where you're like, it's not I'm recovered right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because there's also a lot of times where you don't realize that you're engaging in those behaviors. There was a long period where I thought I was healthy because I wasn't like throwing up my food or something. But then I'm like, oh, but I was totally doing all these other things that weren't healthy and not even realizing, just mm-hmm. thinking, oh, I'm a healthy person. But um, yeah, I think it's just like, it's, I I do feel like it's much like a, um, a lot of eating disorders can feel very analogous uh, if you're, if you have an addictive personality too, like, a, a, you know, just keeping yourself sober. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you, did you seek help? I never went to like a, uh, to an actual treatment center. I mean, I have therapists. I've had like therapists and nutritionists and I've done like, you know, different uh, 12-step programs or whatever, which, um, you know, are good for some people. But I never went to like a, to a facility, which I should have for sure. But it's also a lot of time and money. For mm-hmm. people. How old were you when you started? Um, Probably 11. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Went hard. and did did you start with anorexia yeah so i was anorexic from like 11 to like 15 or whatever were people around you worried about you um yeah like my neighbors were and but i also yeah i don't know It, it especially in my town and in certain cultures it's just like you know me being this height and being how tall are you I'm like 5'3", and being like, you know, 69 pounds. Yeah, especially now, that would look really, really crazy. But when I was younger, even though I, I did look sick, it kind of still just looked like a really skinny Filipino person. Mm. Filipino people have really tiny bones, but I'm not just Filipino. I'm Dutch. I have larger bones, you know right. what I mean? So, but it's also like, you know, people don't talk about that a lot, especially back then. That's like, you know, several years ago. So I, I it wasn't like... um yeah, I don't know. Had you seen something or like how like I guess this is this is the question I'm trying to ask. Like yeah. where did you learn how to be anorexic? Um uh it's not like I was like I want to be anorexic. It was I had I guess you don't have to learn. You yeah, you just- don't have to learn, but it, but but when you're anorexic, you are aware that you're anorexic. I think I knew I was anorexic because I was hiding it, you know, and I and but like, you know, it's just such a you you have such a need for control. And if your life if you're surrounded by chaos, which I was, it's just like like what else are you gonna grab at, you know? So and I it was like a very you know, it's a very ambitious disease, you know. I would like set really crazy goals for myself and it would feel good to like make that goal, even though it was really unhealthy. Like what I'd, would a goal be? Like measuring my arm and having my arm on a different day be two inches 
small, you know, or like only having like making the decision to, you know, just like I would practice flute for a million hours a day, I could be like, and I bet I can also only eat six grapes, you know, (laughs) which no one's telling me this isn't right. And, you know, you get these, uh, you know, really, you know, it when that this was like the 90s. So it was like really like fat free phrase, fat free time. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of friends who did ballet and you just kind of like, you know, society gets eating disorders, whether or not they actually get out of control. You know, Atkins got really popular and then all of a sudden bakeries were closing, you know, like a book got popular and people lost businesses right? because the collective society was like, oh my God, we're not supposed to eat bread. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? When that's crazy, like you can eat bread unless you have celiacs, you know? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it wasn't like, but I did know other people. I had a friend that had to go to Stanford hospital cause she was really sick. Um, yeah, and it can become like a culty thing and like mm-hmm. with girls, you know, if you're competing, um, even if they're your friends, you know? Yeah. So started at 11 and then at what age did you start uh, getting treatment? Oh, I didn't like do anything about I a- anything about anything until way later in life. Probably like, you know, pre- maybe not even until I was like 29. Oh, OK. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was just, a, you know, I would and, – and it's weird when you're an actor too. Like I remember like having the discussion with my ex-boyfriend and he would be like, you know, I've had periods when I first started working where by definition I was 100% anorexic, you know, like the number of calories I was eating a day was nothing. But also I had a thyroid issue. So my metabolism was slow. So it's not like you can – it didn't look like I was only eating like 500 calories right. a day or something. And – and in our industry, it's like a weird thing to notice, you know? It's like, oh, no, you're just the size you're supposed to be for work, mm-hmm. you know? And even if that's totally unhealthy. And what I've learned is you can be a certain size that you, like, I have, you can actually, usually, depending on your body type, be that size in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. It's just that, like, your brain won't, you're, I, you wouldn't have known otherwise. Right. Yeah, yeah I was wondering about that, Um the pressure to be a certain size in the industry, I imagine, would, like, do you feel like you get triggered all the time? Um, I don't anymore because in 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 getting better, you inevitably gain weight. You'll probably lose it again. But so I've had years where I've been like, this is not my normal size. And I'm heavier, but I'm still working. So I'm like, oh, look, nobody cared. So like, no one ever said Literally, anything. I'm probably, you know... 15 pounds more than I was on this show when I wasn't eating. No one cares. I'm still getting hired. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's fine. But there are like weird things. Like on Mixology, we wore the exact same – we wore the exact same wardrobe for the entire season. So I was wearing a runway zero dress for – there's just like no room. It was like Michael Kors. It was really tight. It You know, there wasn't room to even change Have a seventh grave. Yeah, to have a seventh (laughs) grave, you know? Um but yeah, but that's also like your brain, like, you know, you can, there's a really fascinating uh, picture that I saw online of this girl, because people get so caught up with weight, where she like shows a picture of herself, she's some fitness girl, and like she shows her a picture of herself when she's like 90 pounds and not eating, and then she shows a picture of herself when she's working out and she has a lot more muscle, and she's like maybe like 115 or something and honestly as far as mass goes she looks exactly the same Mm -hmm. the number's really scary but it's been replaced with really lean muscle you know and she essentially has the same body but she's able to eat and just she just works out right 
Yeah. Do you have body dysmorphia? For sure. And like, yeah. And you only kind of notice it. Like I, I will catch myself noticing it where like I did a movie with Dimitri Martin and I remember when I did the movie with Dimitri, I was like, I am an elephant. <laughs> like, you know, so I'm very aware that my brain at that time is so embarrassed by my size. And if I look at it now, I'm like, oh, my God, I was so small. But I know that my brain at that time was like, no one look at me. I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry I'm in your film, you know. But like, yeah, it's just and it, and when you've. When it's been that way since you're a lot younger, it's just hard to rewire. So you kind of just got to be like, I'm not going to weigh myself and let me just try to be healthy and see how that, what that does to my body and not care. So do you not, like if you go to the doctor, do you not look? No. And I tell them I'm not going to. And, and, and doctors are getting better about that. Like I tell them like, I'm not weighing myself. And if I do, I turn around or whatever. And I noticed that with one of my doctors, like they very clearly are like, they have it in their notes to not, you know, let me see a scale or whatever. Um, but yeah, but also like, I just, I I think what's really good about casting, about people finally casting different cultures is like normalizing like different body types. I actually have a naturally like thin, small frame. Like I probably never needed to do anything to my body to be a thin person. But like, you know, like when I went and saw Hamilton, I remember being like, look at all these like dope dancers with like really curvy bodies and like it's just like this awesome like goddess like vision to me you know what i mean but it's usually not seen on camera Mm -hmm. so the more you know uh, people see like oh a samoan body or oh a black body and like all these like different forms and acknowledge that it's beautiful the less people have to be like oh you only bodies can only look like a russian model right you know impossible do you still play flute (laughs) <laughs> I play flute like as a joke like I'll like I, I learned to play by ear so if I want to play a pop song I'll like listen to a pop song and play it just to be funny because I think it's just so unsexy to play Rihanna <laughs> on a flute like and I'll like it so I'll do it to crack myself up every once in a while I feel like playing it on a recorder would be even unsexier yeah it would sexy. be it would be okay another question that came on patreon you sort of answered this but what motivated you to get a degree in political science how or do you use what you learned in your daily life um i was motivated to do it because in high school the thing that i had other than debate that i was most successful in was called international extemporaneous speaking and you would get like an international question like is russia you know is their ruble going to be devalued? And because of that, I had to read like foreign affairs journal things. And I got obsessed with like all these crazy things that I would read. So I knew a lot about international relations in high school because of because of speech and debate. And I liked it. And I liked uh, I liked, um, you know, social justice in an inner international sphere. Now I don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I have to take breaks from the news because it's so crazy. Yes. Um, you know, it's like, well, I can either go nuts or I can like, uh, Jim and I took a news break like for like two days one time. We were like, look at us go. What, not- did you feel disconnected? Um, I felt um, just a little more calm. Um, yeah, because there's like a new bomb every day. So you're like, and I, I watch the news to hope that like there's a new bomb with the Mueller investigation. And then if it doesn't come, you're like, ah. But not a hundred percent disconnected because two days isn't isn't so long. But um, but yeah, you can still. I don't know. It's just good to know about the world, you know. Initially, were you guys planning to do it for longer than two days, or did you did you decide two days? 
I was like, let's take a break from the news for two days. And I think it ended up being like one and a half. Because <laughs> um, we're always watching the news. Right. But it was just too much. It's like, especially if you're an empathetic person. I think people who don't have empathy are like, cool, the world's imploding. But if you're like acknowledging how everyone's yeah. getting hurt from this, it's like, even today, like that actor... Who there's an actor from oh, Empire? Oh, Jesse, yeah, some, someone, yeah, like, I know who got the KKK like back wearing MAGA hats, yeah, and it's like, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's awful. That's they terrible. like called him all sorts of anti-gay, anti-black names, and poured bleach on him. Yeah, and they and were wearing MAGA hats. Yeah, and, <sighs> it's the new white hood, and it's so crazy that our president incites it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. So so negative. What's really, what's a funny thing we can say? (laughs) So, um, I have a segment called How Dare You? How dare you? Where I ask nosy questions. Okay. Uh, and before we do it, uh, I like to ask on a scale of one to 10, one being you're super duper private, 10 being you're an open book, where do you place yourself? Oh, um, hmm, five. That's what I was going to guess. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's hear the little thing. On the show, ask me anything you want to know, <laughs> and I'll be sure to. What? How dare you? Um, <laughs> the, I'm gonna ask you two, and neither of them are super. I was, y- you can say how dare you, but neither, okay. neither oh, okay. of these are super remember. duper, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, super duper crazy. What is the last thing you screenshotted? Oh, let's find out. Unless it's embarrassing. Oh, my phone's dead. Oh, no, I probably screenshotted. Uh, I, I I don't know an email, you know, yeah. something that I needed to remember. I know those yeah. are the most boring things that I screenshot yeah. all the time. Is like an email that has when you get to the building, go you know, look yeah. for this parking lot. When you get here, go, go back here. My email. Yeah, it's probably your address. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I recently there was this bump on my thigh. And because oh, I'm so girl. pregnant, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't see it. And I'm like, what is this? It's driving me nuts. So I took a picture of it. And I'm like, God forbid anyone sees. I mean, it actually was, yeah. it felt like a huge thing. And it was like the tiniest little bump. But that's a gross thing. I, I just found out what I did. Okay. Screenshot. It was me sending an article that FaceTime, that oh, Apple yes. has the FaceTime. They're like listening to us or whatever. The yeah. <laughs> Apple um, disabled the group chat yeah, function FaceTime. so did, tony did you hear about this no i did not oh you did not no. oh this is crazy um so someone can facetime you and through a bug listen to your audio and get a video of you even if you don't answer it oh and every article about stuff like yeah that, every know? article They're is like after us. here's the thing i here's they my issue everything. with every article it's like the way you do it is this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Like, cause it's not, it's not, there's a, a specific thing you have to do t- in order to like get that, mm-hmm. which I'm not even going to say, but Apple like freaked out and has now disabled the whole function. So I don't know, but it is yeah. scary. Uh, okay. And then guys. also, what was your first heartbreak? What was my first heartbreak? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I guess like my first high school boyfriend. I wish I had a funny answer. I wanted to be like, I don't know. Yeah, my high school boyfriend. Is that heartbreak? I don't know if it's really Did it feel like heartbreak? Yeah. No, we were really, really close. But, you know, it was like long distance for a little bit. He went to Princeton. I was still in high school. (laughs) (laughs) It couldn't work. Did he dump you? 
Uh, we like took a break when he was studying abroad in Germany and then we both like dated other people. So mm. it fizzled out. What does he do now? He sounds very ambitious. He is, uh, he's like one of those like, like rich stockbrokery type people. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do just me or everyone. <laughs> Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Just me or everyone. Okay, this is when people write in with things they think or do, and they wonder, is it just me or is it everyone? It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> and then we say whether we also do this. <clears throat> Demian Cordova says, when I eat a pot pie, I eat all the crust first. Well, now, given your history, I just suspect <laughs> you don't eat pot pies don't very eat often. Pot pies. <laughs> yeah. I also don't because one little pot pie... Is like 800 calories. Or I know something. it's, it's crazy. insane. But my husband eats them, and sometimes I'll give my, I'll make them for my son. Yeah, and uh, and then what'll be left is just like a dish with crust in it. And yeah, yeah, don't yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> it's not going to be worth it. Don't do it because it doesn't have any of the sauce on it. I know it's dry. Yeah, it's like yeah. a little bit burned. It's so yeah, not yeah, worth yeah. it. No, but it's so buttery. Yeah, too. Like, oh, this that's is like true. it's yeah. it's yeah. Um. But I did go to an event, I don't know, like a couple years ago, and they served, was it shepherd's pie? It oh, wasn't yum. like a pot pie, but it was in like a puff pastry. Oh, yeah. And that was really, it was really good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Okay. Bex says, mm -hmm. I wonder who the third person is who came along on the now newly engaged couple's romantic hike or picnic or beach day to take the, oh my God, I just surprised her with the ring and she said yes photos. Yes. What? So, you know those... <laughs> I didn't understand any of that. <laughs> you know those photos people post on Instagram of yeah. like... The guy proposing. Yeah, who's the friend? Yeah, that takes the, the surprise. Picture. Yeah, the surprise <laughs> photo. It's so true. Yeah, there's so many photos like that. So many like romantic couple photos. Yeah, that look spontaneous, but it's like your arms not. It, this is yeah, further than so arms. Like so, there. who did it? Did you guys do engagement photos, Tony? No, there was no one around. Yeah, we were just at home and ah, yeah. yeah, we didn't either. Cute. Um. Okay. Ray Morgan says, whenever I call in sick to work like today, I daydream that I'm watching the news and see that something horrible happened at my workplace like an explosion. And it was a good thing I didn't go in. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, maybe quit your job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that. But if I'm debating, like, should I should I go here or should I not go here? Should I take that flight? Should I not take that flight? Then inevitably one of the many thoughts, if I'm feeling really indecisive, will be like, but what if by not taking it, I've saved myself from some kind of tragedy or what if by, or the oh, opposite? Yeah. yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Mighty blouse. My poinsettia <laughs> is still alive and well. Go Does ahead, everyone go. just throw them out after the holidays? I feel bad doing that. Keep it alive, but it does seem weird having that flower in your home because it's like not the holidays we still have our fake christmas tree really <laughs> yeah but i've got it it's like driving me nuts it's driving me nuts i have to there's like five delicate <clears throat> ornaments still on it and i don't know where the boxes are to put them in um it's no excuse i need, <laughs> need to get rid of it um i haven't had a poinsettia in my house for years because i heard they're poisonous to dogs oh and i have heard that our first dog Woofy <laughs> oh. 
Name after the sounds here. (laughs) (laughs) Did eat some poinsettia leaves and then like got a little bit sick, got lethargic. So yeah, he's well, he's not fine. He died a thousand he, years ago, uh, but yeah, not but, from the point <laughs> He lived to be 17. So oh. it, it, it wasn't lethal. Could have been 18. <laughs> I know <laughs> if not for that plant. Uh, okay. JMO's for A-Rose says, must check where my plane is going next when I enter the terminal at my destination. Nope. I do not care where my, where my plane is going. Oh, no, I don't care. Yeah. But you mean I'm after, too, after yeah. you arrive? Oh, yeah. yeah I'm never. too busy being like, my shoulders hurt. Did I, <laughs> I grab my phone? <laughs> um, sometimes I am <clears throat> curious to know where it's coming from, but not, not I that. Care. I don't really need to hunt that information yeah, down. No. no. All right. Renee McMunn. Never take the first item on the shelf in the grocery store. Always reach three or four back. And if there's only one item, debate if I really need the item or can wait. Hmm. I don't, I take like the second one. I don't, I don't go three or four back, but I don't take the first unless I'm in a rush. I don't take the first, especially if it's juices. I'm always like going to the back. Like, wait, what's, what's the, wrong with, like, I want the latest dated juice right like in the most in the refrigerator that's possible yeah yeah Yeah, if i'm buying like a pre-made salad because i'm too lazy yeah yeah um then i will look for the best date yeah okay not that crazy sweater boots (laughs) says when i'm stuck in traffic i basically stalk the person behind me in my rearview mirror watching them without realizing i'm doing it one time a guy noticed and pointed two fingers at his eyes and then the road telling me to mind my own business what scares me about that is i would be the person in the back not realizing that i was basically a human being observed like i'm in a zoo and i was right. doing some dumb shit <laughs> like i always am in my car what kind of dumb shit you i do? mean even today i was like eating a salad while i was driving i was i was spilling it all over myself <laughs> i i think i was like you know i'm always talking to myself running lines i've you know what i always talk to myself in my car like in running lines or just talking to myself and i used to be like oh, i shouldn't do that but one time i saw jb smooth we were we were working on a show together and i left and i saw him driving home next to me and he didn't he couldn't tell that i was watching him and he was having a full-on conversation <laughs> or rerunning lines and i was like jb's doing it he doesn't care <laughs> nora sideman says whenever my cleaning lady leaves my door closed or my shower curtain drawn i open them later expecting to see a dead body i don't personally have that one but a lot of people do yeah i don't know Just, <laughs> i don't know if i have that i guess yeah there's that weird like What's behind there? Yeah. I, being this pregnant, like I don't sleep that well anymore Mm. at this point. Yeah. So I spend like half the night in the bed and then I'll come out and sleep in the recliner and kind of go back and forth. But what had my husband and I watched? Oh, we were watching True Detective, the third, this, this new season. Oh, with Yes. It's really good. Um, and I was standing in the living room and all of a sudden I just totally like got creeped out over I don't even know what. And I had to go back in, in the bedroom, even though I was uncomfortable in there. Because I was like, <laughs> I'm too frightened. It reminded yeah. me of being a little kid and being afraid in the house. I almost, I almost have a combo of the last two questions of sometimes I'll be in my car and start to maybe sing along with some music. And then I think... 
What is someone in my backseat? Back yes. <laughs> yeah, my nightmare. Not that I'm going to be murdered. Yeah. I don't want them to hear me say <laughs> My that. nightmare is like a birthday surprise where people are hiding in my backseat <laughs> and I'm farting while I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just farting and talking to myself. And then people are like, surprise. <laughs> yes. Because they've been hiding back there. They That I'm is something. Die. I've never been a recipient of a surprise party, which is mean. I'm yeah, happy. I would never want that. Because I know the whole entire night I'd be like, but I don't have eyeliner on. This is not yeah. what I wanted to wear. <laughs> Actually, I have been a recipient of a surprise party, but I knew it was coming. So oh, you I did? Like, All dressed up. How yeah. did you know? Well, my friends were like, look cute tonight. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> did you pretend to be surprised? Uh, I at least was surprised at the venue, you know? It was in college. Yeah. Because we... Like, oh my God, thank you. We threw a surprise... We, I, and my mother-in-law threw... A surprise birthday party for my like birthday dinner for my husband and he was legitimately surprised he thought that it was just gonna be his mom and me and him oh that gives me anxiety (laughs) (laughs) and then we walked into the little room at the restaurant and there were like it was like 14 or 15 people it wasn't huge but that thing that you that you expect from movies and tv where the person is like surprised like oh my god you guys i can't believe it thank you and then like they get over it and then have a good time i that did i felt like the whole night he was just like i can't believe this is a, like he yeah, couldn't like, I didn't he couldn't get into this. the moment yeah yeah he like, was so surprised by it that it really like he did <laughs> and he and i remember one of his friends was filming it and he didn't have a big reaction he wasn't like oh my god you know he was just like <laughs> what's happening Oh my god! But what happens next? Yeah, he was like yeah. very <laughs> muted because yeah. he was like all he was he was he, he was still buffering like, yeah, all yeah, night. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, That's so cute. But he also he does does he is appreciative of it, and I don't know how much he enjoyed it. We were trying. Aww. Okay, Dave Cross, no, not that one. Says, <laughs> I want my leather gloves to work with tapping my smartphone. It's all just animal skin, right? And he acknowledges that this is a kind of creepy just mirror everyone um it, it is warm yeah but it's got to be living animal skin yeah there are gloves that they put like a right. little thing on the end of them yes yeah um uh, definitely creepy 100 percent. yeah <laughs> i wonder My if you could use gloves <laughs> but i also want to be able to play angry birds <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if you could use like a dog paw I bet you could. You can you could. use actually in Japan. They use hot dogs. I never oh, really? Like, yeah. yeah, people will be like on the subway using like warm hot dogs because it just has to be like that is crazy. <laughs> so disgusting. That's but their yeah. phones must smell. <laughs> Ginger, yeah. it was so nice having Thank you on the you show. For having me. Thank you. Tell people where uh, plug anything you'd like to plug. Tell them to be aware of anything, etc. Um, I don't have anything to plug right now. I mean, kidding is still on Showtime. Please watch. Uh, and Room 104 is probably on demand. I did a musical with Brian Tyree Henry that was really fun. Awesome. Um, yeah, I love him. But yeah, that's about Thank it. you. Thank you so much. Tony, where do we find you? Uh, I'm at Tony Thaxton on The Stuff. That's, the that's stuff. enough. Excellent. <laughs> and I uh, have another podcast that I'm doing with Greg Fitzsimmons. It's a parenting podcast, but only loosely about parenting. You do not have to have kids to listen. It's called Childish. Please check that out. Um, and I have a book out, Tropical Attire and Courage and Other Phrases That Scare Me. <laughs> if you go to my website, alisonrosen.com, uh, it'll plenty. There's information there. It'll take you right to where you can go buy it, available in all formats. And we have ringtones and t-shirts and whatnot. Um, if you 
like what you're hearing, subscribe, tell a friend, leave a comment. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Rosen. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? 